fourth Sunday of January is our two-year birthday. We're going to be two years old on the fourth Sunday of January. That's, it's kind of hard to imagine that, that we're a, just a church that's two years old, but we are. And, and when we started this church, we had a couple things in mind. There was a couple things we wanted to see happen, a couple goals to help people uh, to, to, to help people find their purpose and find their place. So be more than just a place to come to church on the weekend. We wanted something that was meaningful, something that was deeper. We wanted, we wanted this to be a place where you could know God and find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. This is a place where you can know him, all right? And, and, and here's why, because every one of us are on a spiritual journey. I don't care if you're the oldest person in the room and you've been serving God the longest out of anybody here you have another step to take. Can I get a witness? Every one of us have a next step. And every one of us, we're created by God. We're designed with a God-shaped hole in our heart that can only be filled in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can, it, it can be filled. It's through that relationship with Jesus. So we, we, we want to provide a clear path for people. But number two, we want to create environments like this where you can experience the power and the presence of God. And have you felt him already tonight? I'm telling you, he's here. And we believe that one moment in his presence changes not just anything, but everything. It can change everything. And we need his presence. We need his power. And I'm praying, my prayer for you today is that in this service tonight, you will know without a shadow of a doubt, even those of you watching online right now, that you will know, I, I experienced God here tonight. Like, I, I met God. He was here in this place tonight. That's what I want for you. The reason I want it so bad is because we live, we're living in, in difficult times. We're living in a dark world. I, I don't want to get gloomy and doomy on the best day of the year, but can I just tell you that I think that there's more darkness now than there's ever been on the face of the earth. I just believe that, and here's why I believe that. Just since the coronavirus outbreak earlier this year, everything that's bad is up. Think about that for a second. Everything that's bad is up. Um, addictions are up. Mental illness is up. Divorce is up. Overdoses are up. Everything bad that you can think of in life is going through the roof right now. There's some... It, it, it's a... It's a good time to get discouraged. <laughs> How about that? Right now is a good time. You, you could be discouraged. You could find a reason to be discouraged. But let me just tell you something, that, that there's hope. I want to tell you, uh, recently I read a study. Now, you know, do you believe that this is the, the, the word of God? It's infallible and it's absolute. This is the word of God. And what happens a lot of times is science has to catch up with the word of God. Are you with me? <laughs> It's, it's true, it's, been, it's tried and true, it's always there, but science usually catch ups, catch, catches up with the Word of God, and, and, it, and it doesn't confirm it, but uh, like everybody goes, oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, recently, Gallup did a study. They did a poll, and, and what they discovered was um, out of 19 categories that they poll, every, like, like this, is, this is the worst year for mental health in the last two decades. That's what they discovered. That this year in 2020 has been the worst year for mental health in 20 years. Can you hear me? And there were 19 categories they surveyed, and there was only one category that didn't show a decline. In fact, it showed, it showed a strengthening in the year 2020. It was one category. You can go look it up. 
And that is the category of people who went to church every week this year. If you can believe that, it's the one group of people out of 19 categories that didn't see a decline in their mental health this year. And, and what that does is it confirms what the Bible had to say when it says, hey, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Come on. It was, I was glad when they said to me, let's come to the house of the Lord. Amen? All right. So today, what I want for you is I want you to experience God. In this moment, while you're here, I want you to experience God. And it's amazing what just a little bit of light can do. Just a little bit of light. In, in the same way that, that God gives hope to people in uncertain times, he gives light to people in their darkest times. And a little bit of light can change things. So uh, Annalise and I have been married for 17 years. And I know, look at this. I don't even look 17. I know. <laughs> Until you get up close and then you realize, oh, he's old. Uh, we, 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 got young, we got married when we were young, right? So we've been married 17 years. We have four boys. Now, we don't have four boys because I love boys. We have four boys because I love my wife. Come on, somebody. And that, that is a, another sermon for another time in February around Valentine's Day, all right? We'll, we'll catch that one up in a few weeks. But I, I love her, and, and I love my boys now, too. But listen, my boys, all of them, all of them have at some point had a nightlight in their room. And, uh, and most of us can remember what it was like to have a nightlight in our room, just being a little bit afraid, a little, bit of, a little, a little scared of what might be in the closet or under the bed. And, and I remember growing up having a nightlight, and then I also, I remember what it was like being a teenager where I blacked out my windows. Come on, where y'all teens at? Where you're just putting stuff over the windows, curtains, and you putting, you got curtains, you've got blankets, you've got aluminum foil over your windows just trying to keep the sun out. And then now, as an adult, I need a little bit of light, all right? I got a few nightlights on in the house because I got to get up in the middle of the night. Where y'all at? That's what happens when you get older. Now you just need some, some, some light. And not, why? Because light changes the way we see things. It changes how we see things in a dark world. And, and so today, um, what I want to do is I, I want to share with you an unlikely Christmas story. It, it's not one that you would think of at all. And as I studied for this message, I looked up the word light in the Bible. That's what you typically do when you prepare a message, right? I discovered that the word light shows up 309 times in, in the King James Version, uh, 260 to 280-something times in other translations. It, it shows up in the Bible a lot. But if you're studying the Bible and you want to know the truest, purest meaning of the word, you always go to the place where it's first mentioned in the Scripture. Are you following me? So if you want to know the, the most absolute meaning of it, go to the very first place where it's mentioned. That's what Bible teachers call the law of first mention. So if we're going to study light, then we've got to go where? To the first book of the Bible, first chapter, Genesis. Genesis. And we're going to go there, and I, I don't have handout notes for you. I don't have my teaching monitor up here because I'm breezing through this, and I hope you get it. Uh, if you don't, you can go back and rewatch it online. But, but in Genesis chapter 3... It, it says, in the beginning, and I want you to remember those words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless, and it was empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. 
and the Spirit of God was hovering. I want to show you something real quick. This is really not even part of my message. But there's one person who, who's familiar with darkness. He was there in the beginning when darkness covered the earth. And I'm telling you right now, he's in the middle. And he's familiar with all the darkness that you're walking through right now. And it is the Holy Spirit of God. He was there. And the Holy Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And so God was motivated by the darkness to do something about the darkness. He wasn't just going to let it stay dark. And the first words out of his mouth in verse 3 are, let there be light. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Pastor Ben, that's not really a Christmas message. I mean, he's talking about the sun, the moon, the stars. He's talking about, he's talking about the lights that he created. Oh, but no, because he didn't create those until the fourth day. So what, he says, let there be light, and there was light before he created the sun and the moon and the stars. What's that all about, right? Are you following me? And, and, and so he creates, he creates the, the light, and, and still, maybe some of you are saying, well, I don't know, Pastor Ben, that, that, that's a stretch. And I, I, I hear you, but all throughout Genesis, it's about light and darkness. And then 4,000 years later, when Jesus is walking the face of the earth, out of his own mouth in John 12, 46, he says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world. <laughs> the song we just sang about. So that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Jesus came as a light. He, that's the reason why we're gathered here tonight. That's the reason why you showed up at five o'clock on Christmas Eve when you could be gathered around the Christmas tree or around the fa family table. You showed up here because Jesus was motivated by the dark to do, he was, he was motivated to do something about it, to be the light in this dark world. And it's why we celebrate Christmas in the darkest season of the year. You ever thought about that? I mean, just before you're coming in here, it's getting dark outside. It's probably nearly dark already outside. It's the darkest season of the year. The winter solstice is December 21st. It's the darkest day of the year, the shortest day of the year, the longest night of the year. And, and we celebrate the birth of the light of the world just a few days after that. The opposite of that is the summer solstice, which is June 21st. Happens to be my oldest son Garrett's birthday. And it is also the longest day of the year. You can just ask my wife. <laughs> I kid. I'm joking. I'm just, I, I'm kidding, right? It was a good day. It was a great day. We love that day. So good. And so in a, normal, in a normal Christmas message, I might talk about, I might talk about the, the manger. I might talk about the stable. But we're not going to talk about that tonight because I discovered something in the Bible, another part of the Christmas story that we don't think is the Christmas story, all right? And it comes from the book of John. Now, to give you a little context, the, there's four books of the Bible that tell about the, the life of Jesus. You have, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew and Luke tell about the birth of Jesus. They give the details of his birth, but Mark and John tell about Jesus as an adult, or so I thought, all right, until I reread this and I realized that John doesn't talk about Jesus as an adult. He starts talking about Jesus all the way back at the beginning of the world. In John chapter, chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, in the beginning. 
Now remember, Genesis 1-1 starts off with what? In the beginning. So this says, in the beginning was the word. Who was the word? It's Jesus. The, the word here is capitalized. It's a capital W, and it's referring to Jesus. In the beginning was the word. So you're telling me that Jesus was at the beginning? And the word, Jesus, was with God. And the word, Jesus, was God. And he was with God in the beginning. Where was he with God? In in the beginning, at the very beginning of time when God said, let there be light. Guess who was there? Jesus. I wonder if he said, I wonder if he really said, let there be Jesus. Oh, just let there be Jesus. Let there be hope. Let there be light to all mankind. Let Jesus be the light that shines in the darkest place. I wonder if he said that. Let it, just let it be Jesus. Let there be Jesus. Pastor Ben, I think just stretching it, my friend. I, 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 don't, think he, I don't think it really was like that. I don't, I don't think that's part of the Christmas story. But in the next two verses, in fact, in the next three, verse three says, through him, through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Verse four, in him, in Jesus, was life. And that life was light. <laughs> is this helping anybody? Is this, are y'all getting this with me tonight? It, 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 and that life was light to all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, cannot, will not overcome it. In Jesus' name, it won't do it. I don't know, Pastor. It doesn't say anything about frankincense and myrrh. It doesn't say anything about the stables and the, and the angels and the, the star of Bethlehem. It can't be about Jesus. Well, here, here, here's, do, do you know why? Do you know why it talks about that? But listen, the other gospels, they give the details of Jesus' birth, but John gives the significance of his birth. The other gospels tell They tell how, but John tells why. That he is the light of the world, and that's why Jesus came, because no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through in this life, no matter your background, you've got some darkness in your life. Can I just tell you, I have some darkness in my life. I've been going through some stuff the last several months, just some things that we're walking through, and there have been times where I could almost feel the darkness, and I want to try to take care of it myself. I want to try to, I want to, try to handle it myself, and do you know what happens when I do that? <laughs> I get further from God. It gets messier, but you know what happens when I expose it to the light and I get closer to Jesus? You know what happens? There's hope. There's peace. There's strength. He shines the light on it, and it just it gets better, and so the truth is that we all experience some darkness. We all experience darkness. Maybe for you it's in a marriage or it's emotional. Maybe, maybe, it's, um, maybe it's at your job or your work or your finances. Maybe right now there's something going on in your life and you can't even put a finger on it. You can't pinpoint it. But you are depressed and there's a sadness and you don't know why. But can I tell you that the, 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 the most, the scariest darkness of all the worst darkness of all is spiritual darkness. It's where you do what everybody else does, sin. You sin, but you decide you're going to carry it on your own. And you weren't designed for that. 
You decide you're going to carry the weight, you're going to carry the sin, you're going to carry the shame, the guilt. You're going to handle that all on your own, and you weren't designed for that. That's not what everybody else does. See, sin is what everybody else does, but not everybody else carries it on their own. See, I sin just as much as anybody, but I have a place and a person that I can go to. His name is Jesus. And he forgives me, and he cleanses me, and he gives me hope, and he gives me future, and he washes my sins away in Jesus' name. Come on, are you with me? He makes a difference in me, and I want you to hear this, that there is nothing darker than trying to carry the weight of your sin and the weight of your shame and the weight of your guilt. There's nothing darker than that. That's tough. In the, in, in the scripture, there's a story of a lady who tried to carry her own sin. She, she, was, she was found guilty of something. And you go to John chapter, chapter 8, and there's this lady who's caught in the act of adultery. The Bible says she was called in the very act. And, and Jesus is teaching in the synagogue one day, teaching in, a, in front of a large group of people when the bigwigs, the, the Pharisees, the real religious people, they come in, they bust in, and they throw this lady at Jesus' feet, and they said, hey, we caught this lady in the act of adultery. What are you going to do about it? They're trying to trick Jesus here. Because if Jesus lets her go, then, then he didn't follow the law. And therefore, he broke the law. But if he condemns her and they stone her, then he's an accomplice to murder, right? And so he's kind of guilty either way. And so they're trying to trick him so that they can have something to accuse him of. And Jesus doesn't fall for their trap. In fact, he kind of bends down in the dirt and he starts writing something. I think he was writing the name of their mistresses. And little by little, one by one, they walked away. That's what the Bible says. They just, those who heard, the Bible says, those who heard, they walked away. I don't know what he wrote, but that's just my opinion. And he's writing a little something. And one by one, they walk off until it's just Jesus and this lady standing there and he says hey where are your accusers and she says there there are none and he says well neither do I condemn you go and sin no more he says go and sin no more and and you say well Ben that's not really the Christmas story and and to a certain degree you're right that's verses 1 through 11 in John chapter 8 but John chapter 8, verse 12, the very next verse, Jesus stands up in front of him and he starts to teach again and he says, I am the light of the world. <laughs> Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What I'm trying to do is show you that from the beginning of the world, Jesus was the light of the world in Genesis chapter 1. He was the light of the world in John chapter 8. And in 2020, on Christmas Eve, he's still the light of the world. He still can light up the darkest place. And in other words, he was telling all those people there that day, you see what I did in her? I can do it for you. Yeah, I, I can rescue you the same way that I rescued her. I've got light for your home. I've got light for your job. I've got light for your, your, your family. I've got light for your, for your finances. I've got light for your, for your marriage. I've got light for you. And I can light up the darkest corner of your life. That's what Jesus is saying. <laughs> he, I love it. You say, Ben, you're making it sound like it's so easy. Is it really that easy? <sighs> sort of. 
Sort of. Don't you love answers like that? It's sort of that easy. Is it really that easy to just, Jesus just comes in and exposes and lights up the darkest parts of your life? Is it that easy? Sort of. See, when I was a kid, I grew up in a Christian home. We went to church religiously. We went to church, I would say, legalistically. We were there every time the doors were open. Sunday morning for Sunday school. Sunday morning for church. Sunday afternoon for the afternoon service. Wednesday night, anytime we had revival, we were there. We, we were there. But the problem is, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I was far from God. I knew the scriptures. I knew all about Jesus. I knew that he was the light of the world. I didn't know him. No relationship with him. And year after year, I would sit in services like this one. And I would hear how the, the pastor would say, hey, Jesus is the light of the world. There's hope for you. There's peace. He can save you. He can rescue you. He can redeem you. He can do a work in you. And I would sit here in these services year after year. And do you know what I did? Nothing. I didn't do anything. No response. And then God got a hold of me. He saved me. He rescued me. And we've been in ministry now for about 17 years. And year after year, I'm in a service like this. And I'm telling people, God's got hope for you. There's the light of all the world ready to shine in your life. He wants to rescue you. He loves you. He cares about you. He has a plan for your life. And year after year, do you know what people do? Nothing. They say, yeah, Ben, I don't know, man. Not me. He can't. I'm, I'm too far gone. There's so much darkness in my life. He, he doesn't want anything to do with me. He doesn't really. He can't change me. And to you, I would say, I'm, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Will you do the first words that Jesus ever spoke? Will you go back to Genesis 1 and will you let there be light? What do you mean, Ben? The, the word let, that's the key phrase there. The key word in the phrase let, it's let. And, and the dictionary says the definition of let is to permit, to allow. If you really want life change, if you really want the light of Jesus in your life, you have to let it. You have to let there be light. And in just a moment, I'm going to light a candle from this candle. And I'm going to light some other people's candle down here. And then they're going to light your candle. And you're going to see what light has the potential to do it has the potential to light up this room but this candle also has the power to do nothing if you don't allow it to you have to let there be light you have to let there be light will you bow your heads with me today and whether you're online or in person here Man, I, I, I know, I can sense it just in, I can sense it in my heart that there's some people here walking through some darkness. You're walking through some dark days. 
And I want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. What's he speaking to you right now? What's he whispering to your heart? And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with, if it's financial, if it's emotional. I don't know if you're dealing with health issues or I don't know what you're dealing with. But, but what I do know is that there is light available for you. And you can, you can leave here today not just celebrating Christmas but experiencing Christmas where you let the light of God in your life. And from this day forward, you are changed and you are set free and you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. So, Father, right now, I lift up every person in this room, every person who's going through a hard time, every person who's dealing with some difficulties, and they've got some darkness in their life. Maybe it was some things that they did. Maybe it was mistakes that they made. But maybe it was something that happened to them this year. Maybe it was the loss of a loved one. Maybe it was someone who deserted them. Maybe it was something that happened. And, God, right now, I'm praying that you would shine the light in the darkest corners of their heart and break the bondage of sin and death and shame and guilt and condemnation shine your light in their lives today Lord no resistance in this place I'm asking you Lord to open our hearts let our hearts be open to receive to let the light in to allow you to enter our lives today and with your heads bowed I just I want to give you an opportunity to respond and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand I'm not going to ask you to to come to the front I'm not going to ask you to stand up and I'm just I'm going to ask you to respond though by saying a prayer with me in a moment. And if you are here today and you say, "Ben, I need I want the light of Jesus. I need the light of Jesus in my life. There's some darkness in my life. There's some things that I'm going through. There's some things that I've been tucking away that I haven't dealt with. There's some darkness that I want God to I want God to heal in me and I'm ready for him to be the Lord of my life. I'm ready for him to be my savior and my Lord. If that's you today, I want I'm asking you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. My life is dark, and I need your light. So right now, I give you permission to enter my life. Be the Lord of my life. Take your place in my life as the Lord, as the Savior, as the light of the world. Shine your light in the darkest places. I willingly give you my life. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm yours. From this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Let's just give God praise.